Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. And I particularly want to thank... Jonica, I hope I'm saying that name right, uh, just became our latest Patreon supporter at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. You can support the show on an ongoing basis at patreon.greatdetectives.net. You can also send along a one-time donation, support.greatdetectives.net, and uh, you can donate via the Zelle uh, service to box13 at greatdetectives.net and mail in your donations to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. Now it's time for today's episode of Nightbeat. The original air date is August the 21st of 1952, and this one is The Man with the Red Hair. What do you have? Pat Blue Ribbon, Pat Blue Ribbon, dear. And now, Pat's Blue Ribbon presents transcribed Frank Lovejoy in... Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. You know, it's a funny thing, a night off. When they give you a whole night not to care whether the presses turn or not, you're like an old horse at Saddlebroke. You don't know any direction but the way back to the barn. A great yawning city, the greenest pasture in the world, and I didn't know where to start. What did people do when they weren't working? It was habit, I guess, that took me to Rush Street with its little nightclubs and cabarets. People always seem to have fun on Rush Street. And besides, you could feel comfortable sitting alone at a bar in the hazy gloom. Randy, it's good to see you. Will it be? Well, I'll leave it up to you, Gus. Make it, uh, make it something festive. Well, what's up? You win the Pulitzer Prize? Oh, no, no. It's my night off. Oh, night off, huh? Yeah. Well, what are you doing out alone? You ought to get yourself a date. A night off is no good without a girl. Well, do you know how many girls sit by the telephone waiting for a guy that's half owl and half newspaper man to call? The statistics would start. Well, just the same, it seems to me you ought to have some special girl, a nice fella like you. Why, Gus. No, I mean it, I mean it. Now, look at me. I'm no great shakes. I've been tending bar all my life. And that ain't no occupational congenial canubial bliss. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But come uh, September, I've been married ten years. Oh, that's, that's good. That's, that's great. I envy you. Well, that's what I'm getting at. That's my point. I'm just an ordinary guy, see, and I got a girl. Now, it seems to me that a guy like you in an exciting job that takes him around where he meets a lot of dolls, you, you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, I do, and I wish I didn't. Now, in my business, I meet all kinds. Good Joes, bums, class. You get so you can tell who fits with who. Yeah, well, that figures. Well, that's exactly what I said to myself when you walk in. Randy and her. It figures. The same type. Intelligent, mature, and she's good-looking. Look, Gus, it's a little early in the evening to get befuddled, and I'm, uh, I'm afraid I don't follow you. Who's good-looking? Why, that girl down there at the end of the bar, sitting all by herself. 
Oh, that brunette in the white dress? Yeah. What do you think? You like to take her out tonight? Well, I could get used to the idea. You know her? Well, no, I don't know, but I... Ah, well, then why bring it up? Oh, now, Randy, don't get sore. I was only thinking of you. Well, then mix me a drink. That's all I came in for. Oh, okay, Randy, you bet. But a drink ain't the answer, no, sir. Can't nothing make a man feel high like when a woman looks at him. In a special way. You know what I mean? It was a pleasing thought and a disturbing one. As Gus worked his magic alchemy back of the bar, I worked on the idea, and from time to time I looked at her in the mirror. She was studying her drink pensively, kind of sad, turning the glass round and round in her hand as though she had something deep on her mind. I was openly staring at her when her eyes met mine in the mirror. Her face became suddenly animated, and she smiled at me. Hi. Hi. I'm superstitious about drinking alone. Oh, what a coincidence. So am I. Life's full of coincidences. Well, believe me, I'm all for it. Well, mud in your eyes? Uh, to you. No, tonight it's to you. Just to you. You're wondering about me, aren't you? How do you mean? When a girl sits alone at a bar, men get all kinds of impulses about her. Some want to protect her. And... Well, what did you think when I smiled at you in the mirror? Well, I, uh... <laughs> yeah, I guess you summed it up. You're lonesome, aren't you? Well... Lots of people are lonely. Do you mind if I call you John? Well, it's a good plain American name, but my name happens to be Randy. I'll call you John. You call me Mary. Uh-huh. Uh, Mary, uh, Smith? How did you know? <laughs> Instinct. Well? Well, what? You haven't asked me why I'm alone tonight. Well, I figured that was your own business. I was stood up. I had a date, but he didn't come. Well, he should have his head examined. That was the right line, John. Well, I try, Mary, but I don't get much practice. You mean you don't look at other girls? Well, just uh, window shopping. Well, how about all those girls who come in the bank? And what about the girls who work in the bank? The bank? You wouldn't have me mixed up with some other fellow, would you? Now, how could I ever mix you up with anybody? <laughs> yeah. Buy me another drink, John? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Gus, refills here. Uh, better make mine a double. This is a friendly town, Chicago. You find them everywhere, these little dolls. But Mary Smith, or whatever her name was, didn't fit into the pattern. She said all the right words, but there was something elusive about her. If I could use a word that's been out of use for a long time, she was a lady. She looked younger than I'd first thought. She was no more than 25. There were no rings on her fingers, and... Well, I wasn't going anyplace anyway. Gus put the refills in front of us. I picked mine up, raised it, and turned toward her. But she'd suddenly gone cold on me. She was tense, and she was staring into the mirror as though she'd forgotten that I was there. I followed her gaze. There wasn't anybody else at the bar except a man with red hair. He sat at the other end of the bar nursing a beer, and he wasn't paying any attention to us. Let's go. 
Thought you wanted another drink. I don't want to stay here anymore. I want to go. Oh, sure, sure, but I got to pay the tab first. Hurry, I'll, I'll wait outside for you. Gus, check. Hey, yeah, Randy, hey, that'll be three bucks. Okay. Hey, come yeah. on down here. I want to talk to you. Gus, I'm in a hurry. Randy, listen, I think maybe I gave you a bump steer. What are you talking about? Well, the minute you sat down with her, a guy starts asking all kinds of questions about you. Who you are, where you come from, what's your racket. A guy? What guy? Well, that guy over there, the guy that's... Oh, that's funny. He was there just a minute ago. Didn't you see him? At the end of the bar. A guy with red hair. I paid Gus and I hurried out. When I got to the sidewalk, she wasn't in sight. I felt let down, disappointed. Well, that's, that's how it goes. You figure you got a winning ticket and you get left at the post. I was about to go back in and continue the fat chewing with Gus when a cab pulled up and she was in it. I thought you'd run out on me. No, why would I do that? I thought getting a cab would save time. Save time for what? Why, we've got a lot of places to go. All right, driver. <laughs> well, I'm probably the biggest jerk in Chicago for asking a question at a time like this, but... Uh, your date that didn't show up. Will he wear red hair? What? Let's give it. I love riding in a taxi, don't you? Mm-hmm. I'd like to know where I'm going, though. I never can remember. Uh, what do you call it when you go in and out of bars? Uh, pub crawling? That's it. We're going pub crawling. For a girl who wasn't familiar with the expression, she was very expert at finding upholstered sewers. Which was strange, because once we got in them, she lost interest and wanted to leave. She ordered drinks, but she only sipped them. She seemed to have a compulsion to be on the move. Come on, let's go. Well, what's the next stop? Why, Riverview, of course. Riverview? That must be a new joint. I haven't heard of it. No, Riverview Park. What, the amusement park? You know, roller coasters, cotton candy, the whip. What are you trying to do, see Chicago and die? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you came into the bar tonight. I'm glad you looked into the mirror. So we went to Riverview Park. We ate popcorn and hot dogs. The bloated faker with a whiskey breath guessed our weight and fell short of my age by six years. I gave him an extra buck. We went on the whip and the roller coaster and the tunnel of love. She sat very close to me in the boat. Yes, I felt tempted to kiss her as we went through the dark, dank tunnel, but the boats were full of teenagers necking, and, well, it just, well, it didn't seem the place. But as we came out into the lighted park... I'm surprised at you, John. Hmm? What do you mean? You didn't kiss me. Didn't you want to? I, uh... Uh, Bud, two more tickets here. We're going through again. we came out into the lighted park for a second time, I was looking at her, smugly waiting for her reaction. All right, everybody, I'll stay the boat. Stay the boat. Uh, want to go through again? No. All right, this way, folks. Uh, careful, here, let me help you. I can get out by myself. Well, uh, well. Something to eat? Another ride? Find me a very obliging fellow. I don't want to do anything. Please, just leave me alone. Oh, look, I don't like to complain, but but I uh, I kissed you back then. When you came out, you don't even look at me. What's the matter with me? I read all the ads. Huh? 
You know, this isn't good for my ego, talking to myself. All right, take the chance. Three shots before everybody's a winner. Get the little lady a baby doll. Shoot the birdies back. Get the little lady a, a baby doll. A doll. Get me a doll. Three shots for quarter. The baby doll in the blanket. That's the one I want. Uh... How much of the doll? No, you can't find. You gotta win them. Three shots for a quarter. Knock the birdies down, knock them all down, you win a baby doll. Here you are, Mac. Rifles all loaded. Show what a good shot you are for a quota. Okay, okay. I, I never had much luck with these things. Oh, and it's too bad you missed. Try again. Here you are. It's all loaded. As I picked up the rifle again and looked down the sight at the moving birds, I was conscious of a terrible tension in Mary. But my concentration was on pulling the trigger. Don't. Oh, please don't. Don't. Oh, don't. Stop. I turned around and she was screaming hysterically, running blindly down the midway. Mary! I dropped the gun on the counter, but before I could take after her, a man shoved a doll into my hand. Your doll, Stone. Thank you. Mary! Excuse me. Please let me through, will you? I'm sorry. Mary! Mary! What's the matter? Oh, don't. Please don't shoot the gun. Don't shoot the gun. The gun. Hey, snap out of it, Mary. Stop it. Now, Mary, you wanted the doll? Well, here it is. What? Oh. Oh, you got it. The one I wanted in the blue blanket. You won the doll for me. Won it? No. No, I hadn't won it. I'd missed every shot, yet the man had handed me the doll. Not the man back of the counter, but another man. He handed me the doll and he called me by name. A man I'd seen once before tonight. The man who'd asked Gus about me. The man with the red hair. Turn in just a moment to Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Here's a summertime snapshot of pure eating enjoyment, the good old American way. A nice, tender, juicy hot dog smack in the middle of a fresh toasted roll. And right next to it, ready to refresh and quench your thirst, a tall, cool, foaming glass of smooth, delicious, papped blue ribbon beer. Just put yourself in that picture. Mmm. You'll find Pabst Blue Ribbon has a taste all its own. A more satisfying taste. A more sociable taste no other beer can match. No wonder it makes good foods like these taste better. Listen. Here's a list of foods to choose for picnics, parties, barbecues. Campbell's Pork and Beans. Farmer's Treats. Borden's Tea. Ritz Crackers. With Frankfurters. And of course, Pabst Blue Ribbon. You'll find that food tastes better by far if you serve them with foaming PBR. What'll you have? Pat Blue Ribbon. What'll you have? Pat Blue Ribbon. What'll you have? Pat Blue Ribbon. Pat Blue Ribbon beer. Smoother, smoother, smoother flavor. Finer beer that millions favor. Taste that smoother, smoother flavor. Pat Blue Ribbon beer. Tomorrow for sure, pick up several convenient Pabst Blue Ribbon Handy Six cartons. Packed with six space-saving cans. Or get the money-saving case of 24. Any way you buy it, it's the same famous Pabst Blue Ribbon flavor. Act 
two of Night Beat will continue after a brief pause for station identification. And now, back to Night Beat and Randy Stone. The night had a touch of madness to it. She'd wanted to be called Mary, and she'd called me John. I'd gone along with it. I thought it was just her way of lending dignity to a pickup. But now her hysteria and the man with the red hair shoving the doll into my hands and then disappearing, this had changed the whole picture. We'd walked away from the concessions to the edge of the park where it was quieter. All of her attention was now focused on the doll. I'll always keep it. Always. You don't have to woo me anymore. What do you mean, John? And you can drop the John stuff. My name is Randy Stone. Look, I've gone along with this make-believe because I thought I... thought I wanted to. I was in the mood for it. I thought when you smiled at me in the mirror, you just wanted to have some laughs. I did. Oh, I did. Uh, what about the man with the red hair? I don't want to talk about it. Would he be a, uh, detective? Who? The man with the red hair. I suppose you're married and your husband's old-fashioned. He doesn't like you picking up strangers in bars. How can you say such a thing to me? Well, are you married? No, no, I'm not. No. Let's not talk about it. I don't want to talk about anything tonight but you and me. Just you and me. Well, Mary, if you're in some kind of a jam, if you're in some kind of trouble, why don't you tell me? Maybe I can help. Maybe there's something I can do. There is. Take me dancing. Dancing? Uh-huh. At the pavilion. Under the stars. Our tickets ran out with a mellow music. I left Mary on the sidelines a minute to go buy another yard of tickets, but before I could get back, the band went jitterbug. And a gang of het cats went wild, swarming against the rope to get to the floor. And they were between Mary and me. Trying to get through them was like trying to swim upstream. By the time all the cats were on the floor, I couldn't find her. She was gone. She disappeared. I looked over every inch of the pavilion, and then I saw him, the man with the red hair. He was standing just outside one of the exits, just standing there, watching. As I started toward him, he left quickly. There was no doubt about it. This was the boy who had the answers, and by now I was in a question-asking mood. Hey, Mac, I want to talk to you. Not now, Stone. <laughs> I felt like I'd been hit with a roller coaster. My knees folded, and I went along with the ride. The sound had changed. I felt the motion before I recognized the new sound. I was dizzy, and my head hurt. It was a motor. Yes, it was a motor. I was in a car. I opened my eyes, blinked a couple of times... I was in the back seat of a taxi. Driver. You okay now? Stop the car, will you? You bet, bud, in a minute. Stop it now. We're almost there. We're almost where? Right up here in the middle of the block. What? Tony. Here you are, Tony's Pizza Palace. How did I get in this cab? Uh, your friend put you in. Hey, you really hung one on. You were feeling no pain, believe me. Well, that's a matter of opinion. You say my friend put yeah. me in? Yeah, yeah, big guy with red hair said to drive you here. And see you got inside. Oh, well, you don't have to worry, buddy. Paid me. Hey, you want me to help you? No, no, thank you. I've had a little too much help tonight. 
The cab drove away, and I stood and looked at the cheesy little pizza joint where he dropped me. The sign that badly needed paint still said Tony's Pizza Palace, although Tony had sold it a year ago. It used to be the place to go late at night if you liked sentimental Italian ballads with your pizza. Tony had been a half-baked opera singer, so he furnished entertainment along with being chef, waiter, and mine host. Now the place belonged to a sourpuss who never came out of the kitchen except to take your order. I was curious. I went inside. Yep, she was there. Hi. What are you doing here? What happened to you? What happened to me? I lost you. You went to get tickets and I couldn't find you afterwards. Kid, that crowd that... Why did you come here? Tony? Oh, I knew you'd come to Tony. Oh, you did. You didn't have to be quite so forceful with your invitation. Shh, here he comes. Listen, Tony's going to sing for us. Well, that's not Tony. Shh, quiet. There's no tomorrow when love is no There's no tomorrow when There's no tomorrow. This song meant something to this girl. And what does it mean? The man who wasn't Tony was singing it to her, and she was listening with her heart. She was looking beyond everything into some memory that was rare and special, and I felt like an eavesdropper watching. Well, would you uh, like him to sing something else? didn't like it? Well, she, she thought it was great. How long have you been working here? Here? Oh, I don't work here. I sing at the Cafe Paloma down the street. Well, then what are you doing here? Oh, I don't know. Some fella came into the Paloma tonight and said, Hey, you, you know the American words to old solo meal? I said, sure. He said, good. You want to make some extra money? I said, are you kidding me? With six miles to feed? He said, good. Go on down to Tony's. When the lady comes in the white dress, you sing to her. That's what the man said. That's what I did. Uh, this, uh, this music lover who hired you, did he have red hair? That's right. He's a friend of yours? Oh, played a joke on you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's a real funny man. Most women who've just had a good cry have swollen faces and powder streaks, but something had happened to Mary... When she came back to the table, her face shone with radiance. She stood beside the table. She didn't sit down. There was no tension in her now and no restlessness. Let's go. Well, it's only three. Sit down. No, let's walk. Okay. You're going to think that this is corny, but let's go down to the lake and watch the sun come up, Mary. Oh, it's not corny, but I can't. Why not? I've... I've come to the end of it. I must go home now. The end of it? The end of what? You wouldn't understand. Well, I might. Try me. Let's just leave it this way. Well, there's so many things I don't know about you, and there's so much that I want to find out. I know all about you. Now take me to the L. Oh, if you want to go home, I'll get your cab. No. I want to go home on the L. <laughs> carried the doll in one hand and she tucked the other in mine. 
Funny, I'm out every night at this hour, but I never noticed what a beautiful city it is. Even the elves. I'd always thought of it as just a dirty, rattling noise in the night, and now it was a silhouette in steel. We walked up the steps to the platform, and there was nobody there but us. In the distance, I could hear it, just a vibration at first, and then a sound. The elves coming. I'll have to say goodnight now. But I'm going to take you home. No. Oh, I just can't leave you here. Please, Randy. Or when am I going to see you again? I don't know. But you can't just... You called me Randy. I'm glad it was you, Randy. I'm glad you were the one in there. Now, Mary, wait. She darted away from me to board the L. I started after her, but I didn't get far. The man with the red hair materialized out of the shadows and blocked me. The L roared off, taking her with it. Sorry, Stone, it's the end of the line. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. What do you think you... Go ahead. Slug me if it'll make you feel any better. Knock my head off. I've got it coming. Now, save the sympathy. Just give me the answers. I had to knock you out, Stone. You'd gotten separated. I had to put you back on the track. I couldn't just go up to you and say, Mary's gone to Tony's. Well, why not? Is that too old-fashioned for you? Would you have gone? I would have had to explain that this was her first night out in months. She's been sitting in a sanitarium, staring at the wall, living in a world of fantasy. What are you trying to hand me? Didn't you think she acted strangely at the shooting gallery when you shot the rifle? Didn't it bother you when she called you John? Well, you didn't act exactly normal. And there's something else that bothers me. If she's a mental case, why is she out tonight, and why did you let her go off by herself on the L? I'm not worried about that. That's the L that will take her home. You see, Stone... The doctor said if she did everything just the way it was that other night, if she relived it, played it out, and then came home, well, she had a chance. What other night? Mary met a man in a bar just a year ago tonight. Here. Here, let me read your letter. No, never mind the letter. What man? Well, the letter's from him. Oh, his name is John? Yeah, John. The letter says, My darling wife... Wife? My darling wife... I'd give anything to be with you on our anniversary, but I can't, so that's that. But you go out. Wear your white dress. I won't be with you in person, but I'll be sitting beside you just the same. Go to that little bar on Rush Street where you picked me up. Or was it the other way around? Smile at me in the mirror, and I'll be smiling back. Oh, I sure can pick him. A night off, and what do I draw? A stand-in for an absent husband. There's more to the letter. I can do without the love and kisses, thank you. But I think it'll interest you. It goes on about reliving a night, about pub crawling and Riverview Park and Tony. Oh, I've and... taken the trip. I know the itinerary. Who are you, her keeper? No. No, I'm a brother. Oh, well, that's a nice touch. The brother goes along a chaperone to keep everything platonic. And where is this elusive husband that I understudy? Where is he locked up? He's dead. He's dead? The letter was written in a foxhole in Korea. He was killed two days later on Heartbreak Ridge. Oh. Do you see now why I couldn't tell you? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, I'll see you around. You did great, Stone. Real great. Yeah, I know. Great. Ah, uh, Red. Yeah? What's your name? Sam. Sam what? Ah, don't try to find her. Give her time. She may work out of this, and then again... She... Look, Stone, if she ever asks about you, 
If she ever wants to see you. Sure, tonight. sure, I know. You'll look me up. Other guys and other jobs on the night off go home after it's over. Me? I've got a story to write about a guy I met on his night off and a lady who evaporated in the mist. In a city the size of Chicago, most everybody reads the newspapers, so maybe I can reach you this way. So I bat it out. I try to put into words the things the guy wanted to say but didn't. The story is finished. It isn't adequate, but it'll have to do. Because after all, it is my night off. I get one last horrible thought before I turn it in. What if she reads the competition's paper? Well, I'll have to take that chance. Copy, boy. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy, is produced and directed by Warren Lewis. Tonight's transcribed story was written by John and Gwen Bagney with music by Frank Worth. The part of Mary was played by Betty Moran. Others featured were Peter Lees, Jan Arvin, and Tudor Owen. Frank Lovejoy appeared through the courtesy of Warner Brothers, producers of The Miracle of Our Lady of Fatima. Listen next week at this time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. Starting the 29th, hear your hit parade on NBC. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series. Oh, and a madam's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. Well, I wasn't a fan of the episode The Old Itch a few weeks back. This one I really enjoyed. I think it's a good story with an element of romance that does actually feel like a really good episode of Not Beat, and I think the way that Randy's written and his reactions work really well. The ending was a surprise, and I like the way it turned after Randy made the remark about his luck with uh, ending up dating a mental case. The truth, I think, kind of turned things around a bit. It was a reminder that a lot of folks struggle with how to deal with the traumas and griefs of life. It's handled really compassionately. Overall, a solid episode. Joey uh, writes in on uh, Facebook, Nightbeat was way beyond its time. Love the way they examined the mind, emotions, and real-life situations. It was definitely a very uh, different type of program. Thanks so much for the comment, Joey. That will be all for now. Join us back here tomorrow for Rocky Fortune. And then next Monday, it's another episode of Nightbeat. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.